We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of Final Review, a very special edition. We are going to predict the 94th Academy Awards. Hopefully, you're going to watch the 94th Academy Awards. Uh, we're, we're excited, at least. We're ready to get this award season concluded, decide who the next Best Picture winner is, because God knows we actually have a race this year. Joining me, as always, for this very special edition uh, my best actor in a leading role, Mr. Bernard Ozrowski. Oz, how ready are you for this Sunday? I'm ready for Oscar season to be over. Uh, the latest Oscars <laughs> ever. Um, boy, it, it feels like this campaign season has been forever. But the one upside of that is that if the Oscars happened six weeks ago, it would be a lot less interesting ceremony than what I think we're going to get on Sunday. Yes. And that speaks to a couple of the races, although the more I look at it, it's really just, I mean, you'll tell me throughout as we go that there's really like one very big race left to be decided. And it's, the big Ooh, I don't know about that. I think there's, I think there's at least there's, th I think three of the eight major categories are totally in flux right now. So the two screenplay ones, I think are in flux. The obviously best picture is in flux. And then I guess best actress would be the other one that there's I, no real. I think, I think, there. I really think actresses and flaws. Look, everyone loves the precursors. I, 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 they love them. Everyone, all of the Oscar pundits are obsessed with the precursors. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem. They've added like 40% of people to the pool since last time. I mean, it's a little bit like, I think these population figures track. It's a little like if you took North Carolina and added New Jersey to North Carolina and then looked at North Carolina voting patterns and pretended they would be the same and that the giant cultural shift of adding millions of people from New Jersey to North Carolina would have no impact. And that's essentially what you're doing if you look at the old Oscar races and pretend that they're still relevant to what the Academy voting block looks like today. Everything has changed in a massive, massive way. The precursors mean shit, and that's super exciting. It is super exciting. I'm not there with you yet on the precursors mean shit. I think 
they're at least a good guide as to where the, the race is headed. Um, and I think that's, that's honestly because of the, the variety in the voting body is why the best picture race isn't more of an indication of where based on the math, where this is going to go, you know, like Coda winning the precursors that it has in the past, we'd be like, it's, I mean, it's won all the important precursors it's going to win. And because of the variance in the voting body and the preferential balloting, we have a race here and I'm, I'm curious to see where it ends up. We've got a long night ahead of us. So let's get into it. We've also had a bit of a long night leading up to this. Uh, and Sunday night's going to be a long night. So a couple of long nights for you guys to look forward to. Let's start with the ones that the Academy apparently doesn't care about. Well, let me rephrase that. The ones that ABC clearly doesn't care about. We'll get the ones that are not going to be telecast on Sunday night. Um, we'll start with the, the short categories, specifically best animated short. Now, you've seen all five of these. Uh, the animated ones I've seen all five of. I, I've, I'm almost caught up this year on seeing every single nominee. I will be caught up by Sunday. I've got a handful of shorts left to go. Um, and I'll admit one documentary. I still have to watch Attica. Um, so I'm almost there. Okay. Well, let's go with uh, in order uh, from the betting favorite to the least uh, bet. The, the worst odds at the... This is according to Vegas Insider. You got Robin Robin. Got Bestia. Uh, the windshield wiper, box ballot, and affairs of the heart. Robin Robin is the current favorite at minus one sixty five, with Bastia at plus two seventy five. Where are you leaning on this? I see no reason to bet against Robin Robin. It's probably the most seen because it's on Netflix and it's Ardman. Ardman does the um, the claymation work that is oh so impressive, and like Wallace and Gromit and things like that. Uh, it it's my pick. It's really good. And I don't, I don't see any reason to think it's going to lose here because uh, look, this is a pretty, aside from this one, this is a pretty dark field of animated films. And that can sometimes be a tough sell with voters. And I'm just most confident they'll have watched this. What's the windshield wiper about? It is basically a, about a guy ruminating in a cafe about the meaning of love while he sits and smokes. It was, it was not my favorite of the, of the shorts this year. Okay. Um, is there a world where it has uh, the, the plus 500 is throwing me off that it's still in third, but has decent odds. I mean, look, plus plus 500 means you're turning a, a pretty significant profit if mm -hmm. it wins, but look, all these shorts are, all these shorts are kind of a crapshoot. Who knows? So I'll go Robin, Robin, the, the Netflix argument is the best argument. I think the fact that everyone's seen it, um, I think that's that's like a good history. That's why the one that won for live action short last year, um, two distant, two identical, two distant strangers. What's it called? Two identical. That was a that was that was a feature length one. Three identical. Three strangers identical strangers. Was, yeah, that and was then two distant strangers was the short that won last year that yes. everybody hated. That was yeah. like the Groundhog Day, but it was police shooting. The police shooting. Yeah. It was yeah. Um, so I'll go Robin. Robin also I'll go with the favorite. It's also um, it's it's uh, Jillian Anderson and Robin. Robin. Oh, okay. Um, live action short. Let's go to that now. The Long Goodbye is the favorite at minus 250. A la Kachu. Uh, take and Run at plus 300. On My Mind. That's a, plus, that's a rough watch, that one. On My Mind at plus 800. The Dress at plus 1200. And Please Hold at plus 1600. Um, I'm just going to get this out of the way. I'm going with The Long Goodbye. Going with the favorite. Um, I This... 
I've seen none of these, but I, this is where I defer to the betting odds in most of the, the short categories. So I'll go here with the longer buy. It also seems to be consensus across the pundit predictions that the longer buy is, is going to have the best odds here. Longer buy is the easy choice for one reason. If you're going to watch one of these shorts, the one with Riz Ahmed in it is the one that you're going to turn on. And okay. Riz, Riz Ahmed's in this short. I believe he produced it as well. So that that I think it's the pretty clear favorite. I I give real thought to the dress, which is which is good and interesting and well shot. I, I think if there's a if there's a spoiler here, without even I know the odds don't agree with me in Vegas, but I I think if there's an upset, it might be the dress. Okay. Best documentary short. The Queen of Basketball is the favorite at minus 155, but not a gigantic favorite above three songs of Benazir plus 150. You have Audible plus 600. Lead Me Home at 20 to 1. And uh, When We Were Bullies at 33 to 1. Um, this is a race, apparently. Oz, what, is, what are you thinking here? I'm picking Queen of Basketball. And okay. the reason I think it's good, I think it's approachable. I believe it's on Netflix or is it a YouTube one? It's it's easy to watch. The other reason is that the director is a fellow named Ben Proudfoot, who was nominated last year for a very good short. I think it's what I picked actually called a concerto as a conversation, which was also nominated for best documentary um, or best short documentary. And I think that carries some weight when names start to get recognizable in these categories. So I, I'm going queen of basketball. I'll go Queen of Basketball too. Got the best name of the list, which honestly, that's like not a bad way to bet on way to pick these things is looking you for would, the best possible name. But I like really, it. Yeah, you would really like it. Okay. I didn't I didn't really know this this story. I mean, evidently this woman was was drafted into the NBA in the 70s. She was so successful. I it's really uh, it's it's a pretty cool story. Listeners, I'm letting you know this now. I'm probably gonna watch this as soon as we get done tonight and then be much more emphatic that this should win, uh, judging <laughs> by that type of that type of uh, uh, endorsement from Oz. Uh, next up, we're going to go to visual effects. Visual effects, um, best visual effects. This will be a quick one. Dune is minus three thousand. Got to bet three thousand dollars to win a hundred dollars on Oscar night. Uh, Spider Man No Way Home, near and dear to my heart, plus a thousand. Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, plus eleven hundred. And then Free Guy and No Time to Die are the final two at uh, two hundred to one, at uh, twenty to one and thirty three to one. Uh, Dune. I mean, look, there's a, there's a stat here that it, the best picture nominee that's in this category has won. Like, was it every year? for like the last 15 years, or if there isn't a best picture nominee, like first man being the best indicator when it won best visual effects, the one that feels like a best picture nominee usually wins. So I'll go with the chalk here, but doing it minus especially the minus 3000 um, will be my pick here. Dune is the Dune for visual effects is the single biggest lock in the entire Oscar pool. And the fact that Spider-Man no way home seems to be the two seed when there's an argument, the effects in that movie are actually bad mm -hmm. is this is a strange category this year. They don't have the Suicide Squad, which was the best superhero special effects this year. Weird stuff. Yeah, we agree to disagree. Um, I, I Spider Man No Way Home being second is perfectly fine for some of us that are predicting do you, Oscars. On do you pod. actually think that Spider Man has better special effects? I got to be honest. I've only seen it twice. Oh, then Shang Chi. No. Um, but do you, do you think it has better special effects than Bond? I've only seen Bond once. It's it'd be tough for me to give an accurate 
an honest rapper. I've seen Spider-Man No Way Home three times, and is there, is I, there, I haven't been like, oh, that looks bad. Is there anything in Spider-Man No Way Home that looks as good as the shot where Bond shoots the car and the and it hits the it hits the tree branch and flips over behind him? Gotta be honest, that shot is fucking killer. I, in the woods at the end of the movie. Yeah, but does does Bond have a shot of three Spider-Man swinging through the air at any you point? Know, which to me is the visual effects. What you are describing feels more like practical effects than visual effects. Practical effects are visual effects. They all and go I think together. The, the they're, they're, all, they're all augmented. In fact, the, Bond is so impressive because you can't tell how much of it is and fake. The differentiation I'm making is where the the ad, again I'm coming from the producer side of things the actual and the the visual effects that had it to be added to make the movie look the way it does yeah I'm arguing that Bond is so good because you didn't realize how much of it's fake an enormous right. amount of Bond is fake and I'm arguing that this wave against Spider-Man No Way Home from film Twitter that you've joined is just a lot of frustration and that I think it's not as anywhere you're as bad especially after having to go through a Tim Burton binge a couple weeks ago, <laughs> then you guys are making it out to be. We spent entirely love more the time movie. On, on visual effects than I thought we would. Uh, best score. Um, this is another Dune category. Dune is the favorite right now at minus 650, but Power of the Dog currently is second with plus 400. And Kanto at 11 to 1. Don't Look Up at 33 to 1, along with Parallel Mothers at 33 to 1. Where are you leaning? Dune. Zimmer, also Dune. Zimmer created instruments to that have never existed before for the score of this movie. And Hans Zimmer's a pretty reclusive fellow, and he's been out campaigning hard. He's winning this award. He's never won an Oscar. He has. Yeah, he, he has. has. What do you win for? Did I he just throw won. you on the spot here? I can look it up and as you're as you're discussing. No, no. Let me let me I, I oh try God, to guess. I know. Yeah. Try to guess. Oh, what the fuck did he oh, win? Oh, he won for? one. He's won one. He's won one. I know he has one. Nuts. What did he win for? One for the Lion King. In Lion King, goddamn it. Yep. yep. So this will be his first Oscar since 1994. And it's not televised, which is it's kind a of joke. Bullshit. Yeah. The second best composer, in, at least in the last 50 years, is going to fucking win his second Oscar and not be on TV. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'll also go Dune here because of the Hans Zimmer of it all, which. The, the more losses we pile up for Power of the Dog might lead to a theme here. Uh, best song. So No Time to Die is the favorite by um, uh, what's her name? Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish. Sorry. And Phineas. Zillennials that I don't know who that is. Um, from No Time to Die at minus 350. Dos Orguitas from Encanto at plus 240. Be Alive in King Richard might be performed at the Oscars by Beyonce. Everything Everything except for the Van Morrison song is being performed. Okay. At plus 700 down to joy. The Van Morrison song is plus 2000. And somehow you do from four good days at 33 to one. Um, we going Billy Eilish here or is Lynn Manuel Miranda getting, I'm going, there? I'm going Lynn here. Um, okay. Are you, are you going Billy Eilish? I think I might sp split it and go with the oh, man. I, I'm going Lynn here. Cause I think that this song is going to get a bump from Bruno. Mm -hmm. which I know is crazy and not particularly fair, but people really like Encanto. People like the music of Encanto and, you know, everyone outside of film Twitter adores Lynn. And I think that Lynn's going to get a bump from that. I think the tick, tick boom of it all is going to help here. Mm. There's just a lot of factors when you're looking down the list. And when you see that Lin-Manuel is the person, you know, who, who stands to benefit from that song winning, I, I think that that's a strong case. 
I think the odds are bad because I don't think there's a chance in hell that Belfast is going to win here with Van Morrison's vaccine stance. Mm -hmm. I do think the Reba McIntyre song is underrated and there's a chance it could win. Weird shit happens in this category from time to time. And I would not be stunned if, if that pulls a, a big money winning upset, but I'm, I'm going with Lynn. It's a good, good value advice there. Um, so did Lynn win for, has he ever won an Oscar? Did he win no for Moana? Nope. So nope. this would give him a Grammy, a Tony and an Oscar. So he just needs to do something with the Emmys. That's right. Ah, that's a good case right there that they'll want to put him in position to win. You got, um, uh, if this was, don't we don't talk about Bruno? This would be a very easy pick because it'd be like yeah. the biggest song that was nominated. Um, I wonder if you know. No, I'll go Lin. I'll go Dos Orguitas for uh, from Lin Manuel Miranda from Encanto. Um, shout so out. So we agree on everything so far. So far, I, look the below the line stuff is there's not a lot of suspense. I'm also just flat out going the favorites for the shorts. So there's not much to. There's not much suspense there at this point, um, but we'll see. Uh, speaking of not much suspense, best sound. Uh, Dune is minus a thousand. West Side Story minus fi- plus five hundred, and then No Time to Die sixteen to one. The Power of the Dog twenty to one, and Belfast twenty five to one. I this is pretty easy. A, a Dune win for me um, in that it's gonna it's gonna it's heavy enough of a favorite that I think they'll go Dune here. I think Dune's going to win for sound. It, it, look, there's an easy rule of thumb that unless something is particularly unique, like um, the Rizamed movie last year, uh, you're almost always going to get the loudest movie to come out of the sound category. And Dune is definitely the loudest movie here. I agree. Um, now I got an interesting one. Um, best film editing. So Dune is minus 110. King Richard is plus 200. The Power of the Dog is plus 300. Then you got Tick, Tick, Boom at plus 1200 and Don't Look Up at plus 2500. I'm, I'm leaning toward Dune to get another tech award because I feel like th- this feels like the most respected, but I know that there's a precursor in which King Richard just won, I think. Um, would it be? I forget what it was. It's the Ace Awards that that were handed out, or did let me actually look that up. Well, no. See, I, I think you're. They, I think King Richard maybe it won the BAFTA on editing or something like maybe. that because Tick Tick Boom just won the. That's what it is. Ace okay. Award. Okay. So BAFTA King Richard just won an award. That's what I I remember, which is why it's got this high of an odds. Does that sway you in the sense that you might pick it for this award? I know what the difference is. Uh, King Richard won drama and Tick, Tick, Boom won comedy at the Ace Awards. So neither do neither do nor Power of the Dog won in that. Correct. Okay. Um, my thinking here is that... Uh, let me do process of elimination. Power mm-hmm. of the Dog has the calmest, least obvious edit. It's out. It's my first elimination. Don't Look Up has the loudest, busiest edit of them. I'm also going to eliminate that. And also some people detest the edit of that movie which leaves us with the the three players i'm a little lost on and and it's probably my ill knowledge of the craft but why king richard is so revered in the editing editing category like the tennis is really well pieced together but everything else seems very much like a standard Mm -hmm. character drama to me so i'm i'm down to dune and tick tick boom and i'm i'm calling the upset here for tick tick boom Uh, I think Tick Tick Boom's editing is is 
kind of loud in a way that's effective. I think it the the cutting is extremely snappy. I think it's well choreographed to the music. And I, I think there's a feel that Dune, especially in the first half, is very meandering and sometimes a little difficult to follow. And when something is difficult to follow, it's the editor that gets that gets the blame. So I, I think I'm I'm calling the upset for Tick Tick Boom here. Did Ford v Ferrari win editing for I'm when- almost certain it did. So it's a sports movie that got. I, I think I'm trying to remember if, like, that's a that's got a, a precedent. Now this might this might not even matter. Dune not winning because Dune didn't win at the BAFTA. The I just looked it up. No time to die, won at BAFTA for. Ah, that's right. Yeah. So that's we got we have three major precursors here, and I don't have I don't have anything for Dune, which is why the odds are probably the way it is. A part of me thinks to just ignore all that and like all every voter is just going to nominate, just be like, oh, Tech Award, Dune, Tech Award, Dune. I'll just go that route. It, it doesn't always go that way, though. There's weird things that have happened in the editing categories historically. Mm-hmm. You, you get stuff like, I mean, the best precedent for Dune is probably something like The Dark Knight winning, where it was like mm-hmm. the biggest, loudest, you know, best picture hopeful. But then you get stuff like The Bourne Ultimatum that comes out of nowhere and wins best editing because it came up with some cool shots that no one had ever really seen before. I, I just, I get the sense that Netflix has campaigned tick, tick, boom, pretty hard on the editing side. And I, look, if Dune wins, am I going to be shocked? Of course not. If King Richard wins, am I going to be stunned? No, but I, I just feel like there's a little heat to tick, tick, boom. And I, 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 I personally think it had the most obvious and appealing edit of the five nominees. You make a good case there, sir. Um, I, mm, I think I'm gonna go. I'll stick with my gut. I'll stick with King Richard here. The 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 ace the ace precursor. Plus, it's just like more fun if we disagree on at least one thing I'll tonight. Think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll go King Richard, and because like the like you said, the obvious editing and maybe even the most editing you can point to is the tennis scenes, which sometimes like the Bohemia Rhapsody editing ward is always going to throw me off that like the editing, there's just a lot of it in that. And the concert sequence is like, Oh, this is clearly an obvious editing, which is what they're going to, they're going to look to. So I'll go that direction and go there. Um, Next up we have best documentary. This is a quick one, I think. Although the odds wouldn't reflect that. So Summer of Soul, the Questlove documentary, is minus 300. Um, Flea, the animated uh, for, animated foreign language documentary, which is amazing and on Hulu right now, if you haven't checked it out, is plus 230. Attica uh, is plus 1,000. Ascension is plus 25 to 1. And Writing with Fire is 33 to 1. What are you thinking? Uh, I, I saw Summer of Soul at Sundance, uh, whatever we are now, 15 months ago. And <laughs> I tweeted afterwards that I thought it was going to win best documentary. And I have no reason to back down from that. I think summer of soul is going to win. I think it, I think it should win. Flea is a remarkable achievement. I think it's a fantastic movie. I think it's a little weird that it's going to be nominated in best foreign, best animated and best documentary. And I'm picking it in none of them. Yeah. But that's crazy. Like what, what, a what an array of things to get nominated in. And it's great. I just think it's kind of a miserable sit in a lot of ways. There's a lot of it that's uplifting. There's a lot of it that's very, very funny, but you know, at the end of the day, it's a movie about the misery of an immigrant story. Um, and it's, it's, it's tough. And summer of soul, you come away from that movie 
fired up. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's so energetic. I, I'm look, I think everyone loves Questlove. I love Questlove. I, I would be psyched to see Questlove win here. So I'm, I'm going summer of soul. The most recognizable name on this list Always is, helps. Yep. Uh, is Questlove. And you add in that he was, you know, Riz, Riz is pretty recognizable. Riz Ahmed and uh, Nicholas Coster, Nicolaj Coster Waldo are producers on Flea. Are they? And, okay. And, and they're the voice actors in the US dub. Oh, okay. Um, I still think that they might be pretty recognizable. Obviously, Game of Thrones will help. Um, Quest loves in 20 million homes every night <laughs> yeah. to those that still watch The Tonight Show. Um, and he was also the DJ at the Oscars last year. So he obviously has uh, favor within the Oscar community. I remember when he was hosted, he was the DJ last year at the Oscars. Yep. A lot of people were saying, like, oh, DJ this year, winner next year, right? Because they'd already seen Summer of Soul. So I'll go, I'll go Quest Love here for Summer of Soul. Um, for those who have no idea who I'm talking about, somehow, uh, Quest Love is the drummer in the Roots, the legendary Roots band that is also the Tonight Show band with uh, Jimmy Fallon and the Tonight Show. Next up, best international film. We should just get through this quick. Drive My Car is minus 5,000. Um, Flea. Plus 700, The Worst Person in the World, a film that means a lot to this podcast, specifically the person across from me at 12 to 1. The Hand of God, 33 to 1. Uh, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom at 50 to 1. Drive My Car. I really wish they were showing the speech and maybe just like don't announce everybody else. But yeah, Drive My Car is going to win this award. Uh, Drive My Car is going to win this award. There's a tiny part of me that wants to look at worst person in the world because there's clearly a, a passionate base of support for that movie. But I think if any miracle happens for it, it's going to happen in screenplay, not like not here. Different so, category, yeah. Yep. So I think Drive My Car is winning. I will say this this is a really strong year. Um, Drive My Car, Flea, and Worst Person are, are three remarkably great movies. I watched Lunina yesterday and was shocked at how good I thought it was. I think hmm. Hand of God is not as strong. And I wish Parallel Mothers had that spot, which is wonderful and perhaps i'll talk about in a few categories but oh good international stay well you're already listening so stay tuned um best animated animated film Encanto minus 800 the mitchells versus the machines plus 500 and you got flea at 12 to 1 luca 20 to 1 riot and the last dragon at 33 to 1 um what's the last the, the last time Disney or Pixar didn't win was Spider-Verse, right? And other than that, it's like 11 of the last 12. I, I, I know it's been very, very frequent. Um, that that sounds right as precursors yeah. go in terms of or as previous years go. Uh, I'm I'm following along and taking Encanto here. I will I say uh, Mitchell's versus Machines is awesome. I love that movie. I just don't think it's going to win. Um, and it's clear Disney is prioritizing Encanto. So that's an easy way to eliminate Luca and Raya. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, next up, um, hair and makeup. So the eyes of Tammy Faye is the favorite at minus 300. Cruella plus 500. Dune plus 500. Coming to America at 10 to 1. And House of Gucci is at 18 to 1. Where are you leaning? I'm doing Tammy Faye. It's loud. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. It's got nominations in other categories. I am not happy about it, but I think Tammy Faye is going to win here. I actually think that that coming to America should win. But really? I think, yeah, oh, but wow. I think I think Tammy Faye will. And if House of Gucci wins, I'm going to grind up some glass in our blender and drink it. <laughs> the 
um, the most makeup, like similar to the most editing philosophy. Yeah. Leans toward Tammy Faye. Like it, it's in the same spirit of like, oh, I noticed she's under a ton of makeup. And even though there are shots where just it looks like that, it's it's not clear that she's transformed into a person. It's just, oh, hey, look, that's Jessica Chastain with a lot of makeup on it. Even the, the Garfield stuff is even worse. Um, yeah, I think knowing the how, stuff is bad. I agree. Yeah, most of the... I, I don't think this is the, the correct choice, but going by... I guess they did a bake-off recently and Isa Tammy Faye won. So um, I'll go Isa Tammy. Cruella is a legitimate choice to win. I think it would finish second. So I was picking it up set. I would go with Cruella. Best costume design. This is the other argument. So Cruella is minus 650. Dune is plus 400. West Side Story, 12 to 1. Nightmare Alley, 25 to 1. And then Cyrano at 25 to 1. Um, is this the one that Cruella wins over makeup? I have to say, I I know why Cruella is is the choice here. It has an iconic dress. The the fi- like the trash fire dress is pretty iconic already. It is it's good. It's a three time winner who did the costumes in it. It's mm. quite literally a movie about fashion. I'm kind of talking myself into changing. I, I just I don't know why I I don't get a feel of any heat or passion about Cruella. I don't get the sense that anybody on earth, aside from like a tiny sliver of film Twitter was like, you know what I want to do? I want to watch the Cruella movie. And I, I just wonder if that carries over into the voting body. If it feels like a kid's movie in a way that they just don't find all that appealing and don't watch and thus don't vote for. And I think that leaves an opening for Dune here, which has some pretty impressive creative costume work i think that um i think i'm going dune in an upset in this category and i'll say i think dune has a case in makeup and hairstyling i think the stellan skarsgård like fat suit Mm. thing is really impressive and all that stuff tends to blend together a little bit in voters minds uh so i'm a gonna go with dune here without a lot of confidence i will say that i i would vote for cyrano of these nominees but uh but I think Dune, I'm calling a Dune upset. Cruella is literally a story about like costumes and fashion and the costumes are in your face throughout the entire runtime. So yeah, I'm sticking with the theme of most costume design than the actual best here. And I, I just look, this is probably shouldn't be the knock that I use, but I know people because I know that Dune is going to win a bunch of awards and like there might be an award we're about to give it in the next category, but I just, I don't think the Academy is as high on the movie across the board, especially with the, the Villeneuve not nomination snub. So I'll go Cruella here. Plus it once again, gives us something we don't have as the same pick here. Uh, production design, uh, Dune is minus 400 nightmare. Alley is plus 250 West side story plus 1400 uh power of the dog 20 to 1 tragedy of macbeth 33 to 1 um are you caping for nightmare alley here i am uh hey wow i i wrote that i thought over on the invention of dreams.com that nightmare alley had the best production design of the year i'm glad to see that the academy is recognizing it in a couple of these technical categories i think it it's the rightful winner of this category and i think there has to be a base of support for this movie that's perhaps a little larger than we realize for it to 
come out as a best picture nominee. And I think it's pretty easy for a voter who has checked Dune off in like five other places to say, you know, I thought Nightmare Alley looked really good, even if it wasn't necessarily my top movie of the year. So I'm calling the Nightmare Alley upset here happily. I am also going to go Nightmare Alley here, which just objectively has better production design to me the different sets that are built especially the circus yeah. and all the different the different the distinguished look of all the different acts in that circus uh yeah that's that's the place i'd go here uh cinematography dune is minus 800 power of the dog plus 400 um tragedy macbeth is 16 to 1 west side story 25 to 1 and nightmare alley 50 to 1 i i hate to keep picking against dune here but i the landscape shots of the power of the dog. I also just have not picked an award for it yet. And if it doesn't win this and doesn't win screenplay, then the only thing we're going to predict it in is director or picture, picture. but like, that's what we're coming down to. So I almost want to say supporting actor. I I actually think that race is over. Um, I think, I think power of the dog will if it's going to win best picture, this is the beginning of the momentum because you'll see cinematography, then it gets screenplay, then it gets, uh, then it gets director. And then by the time best pictures announced, it's like, all right, there is, there is a lead up here. And now we've got Dune and then we've got the best picture winner for power of the dog. So I'll go. Oh, the, the Dune cinematography is. No, I'm going power of the dog here. And that's, that's my final answer. Regis. I'm going Dune here. Okay. I think that Greg Fraser's work is incredible. Frankly, I, I think that Greg Fraser may win two years in a row for this and Batman. And I think that the rapturous reception for the Batman is going to help the way Fraser's work is perceived for the voting body in Dune. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think the power of the dog is beautiful, but very run of the mill. It's it's like a very like predictable. This is the sort of movie that wins best cinematography. I, I just think Dune is is pretty unique, and it I think the cinematography more than the production design brings this sort of world building to life. So I, I'm going cinematography on Dune. No, you convinced me. I totally forgot about the Batman aspect of it all. That we, we're going to have to nominate. We're going to have to respect this guy's work and leading it up to. As people were voting, oh my god, this is the guy that did Batman? Absolutely. I'm going to vote yep. for this. Um, which actually then paves the way for a different type of narrative to form as we lead up to Best Picture. Speaking of Best Adapted Screenplay, uh, Coda is minus 165. The Power of the Dog is plus 140. And then The Lost Daughter, 12 to 1. Drive My Car, 14 to 1. Dune, 33 to 1. So the, for the first time tonight, I will ask you, Coda or Power of the Dog? I think the odds in this category are really broken. They're crazy. I these screen, weird stuff happens in screenplay all the time, and I don't think Dune's going to win because I think the biggest quibble a lot of people have with that movie is the screenplay. Um, even though I think it's an extraordinarily difficult thing to adapt. So leaving that one out, I, I think the other four are pretty close to a toss-up here. I I think the smart money is on Lost Daughter which has a little momentum going. It, it crushed it at the Spirit Awards. Gyllenhaal has been campaigning hard. Yes, he has. But you know, this isn't about smart money. It's about what's going to win. And I think Coda is going to win. They've been campaigning the hardest and they've done a really good job of getting the message out about how Coda's screenplay isn't just 
a screenplay in terms of words that are delivered, but it's a screenplay that incorporates the physicality of ASL and how that works with the actor's performances. So I think that I think Coda is going to win here. Um, Whether it wins Best Picture or not, I think it's going to take down Power of the Dog. And I really think the two seeds should be Lost Daughter. Interesting. Um, So just a quick, quick precursor, Jack. Coda won for the WGA, the Writers Guild of America. Um, and I will say power of the dog wasn't nominated. So this is, it wasn't, it wasn't eligible. I wasn't eligible. Okay. So this, there's really quirky rules about what's, uh, what's eligible or not. All right. So maybe the, the, the precursor here probably isn't the best, the best way to tell who's going to win this award. Um, I am also, you pick Coda, right? Yep, I heard I that right. Coda. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. okay. Um, yeah, I, this is the beginning of a trend that is going to hint on my nominations. I'm going with Coda for best adapted screenplay here. Um, I, there's a wave that I just, I feel like you have to ride until, until further notice here, uh, which brings us to best original screenplay. Um, Licorice Pizza is plus 100. Belfast is plus 130. Don't Look Up, which won the WGA award for uh, original screenplay, is plus 500. King Richard is plus 2,000. And The Worst Person in the World is also uh, plus 2,000 at 20 to 1. Um, is this a, do, do you have the same thing about the odds in this category as well? No, I think this is more accurate. I wish I could say that I thought worst person in the world was going to win here. I don't. I think the nomination is the prize uh, and that that's going to be it for my favorite movie of the year. <laughs> I don't think King Richard's a serious contender. Um, I think it's a three, a three horse race. I, the only thing that holds me back on Licorice Pizza from saying, oh my God, Licorice Pizza should definitely win are all of the controversies. I personally think all of the controversies are largely nonsensical and and predicated on folks who don't want to you know, be challenged in the way they read a movie and get mad if a director doesn't explain every bit of his intentionality in interviews and then try to zing him with pull quotes from interviews when look, it, it, it's not a sort of deep dive discussion that he was giving in the context of that, uh, of that, thing you know that block quote for i think it's a variety interview that keeps going around of how he addressed the um the asian racism mm. in the film but uh i i'm picking pta for licorice pizza i think licorice pizza is going to get rewarded somewhere i think screenplay is the place to do it i just i don't think there's any heat at all for belfast i think that all the people who might have voted for belfast are are all on team coda right now mm. And it's just, I, I, I'm guilty of the same thing. I love Belfast when I first saw it and I'm fully team Coda and I, I don't look up. wouldn't stun me. Wouldn't be over really? if it happened, but uh, I think Liquor's Pizza is, is going to win here. So you have the two front runners, you have two never before one, but highly nominated guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you have like personal stories as well. Like the Kenneth Branagh could win in the same spirit that um, Taika won a couple of years ago. Um, a deeply personal story while Taika wasn't telling a strictly like autobiographic story. Um, he was talking about a young Jewish boy growing up during World War II uh, and the baggage that came with it. Um, I just, I remember the the momentum that Belfast had when it came out that like, Oh, this is our lead for best picture lead for best director to then not even to not win a single award 
uh, later on sounds off. However, people love PTA and finally giving him an Oscar feels more appropriate to the conversation. And look, while I think mm, that this is a legitimate tough, tough pick for me, because I, I don't actually think don't look up has it like I'm with you that it said it wouldn't shock me if Adam McKay wins an Oscar. I actually think it should be a further long shot than we expect. Like it's, it's smart money. If you want to just see if they, they go with, with Adam McKay here, but I just, the, the campaign they ran was so like, just accurate accusatory and not yeah. like welcome to a conversation about what this movie is about. So I'll eliminate the other three as well. And I'll, I'll split the baby here and go Belfast with the win just so that, cause this movie, there is no real controversy. It's just did the old, did people that aren't old and white see it, you know? Um, so I'll go Belfast here. And then Kenneth Branagh gets his, his Oscar win. And then that sets up PTA for whatever he does next. Like we owe you one. And this becomes Leo and the Revenant. Um, I do think I agree with you in the sense that there's a feel that this is like the time to reward Branagh, who everyone mm -hmm. likes. And otherwise he may not get a win as a filmmaker. Cause he, he, look, I, he spends a lot of time making whatever that ghastly Disney movie is, or the, you know, Hercule Poirot movies and stuff like that. I know they're making another one of those. Did you um, see death on the Nile? Yeah, it's fine. I saw it too. It's not great. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, the the some, army hammer of it all is also distracting. I thought Emma Mackey was really wonderful, and a lot of mm -hmm. other stuff about it was uh, not. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I it feels to me like when QT finally won um, for writing and not for directing. What's going to happen with PTA here? And it seems, for whatever reason, like how they're rewarding their. Um, uh, they're wonderkins who came up in the nineties. So I, I'm, I think PTA, it would be weird for PTA to be over 11 mm. considering his filmography. That just feels, feels really off. I, I know it's across multiple categories, directors, yeah, gameplay and picture, yeah. but over 11 for the guy who may actually be our greatest active director, at least the greatest active director at the peak of his powers. Um, that's, that seems wrong. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. So just to, to recap real quick, so we'll do this for the big eight. Who, sh- who would you pick for adapted and original screenplay? Uh, for adapted of this field, I actually think I'd pick Lost Daughter. Me too. Original, I, worst person in the world would be your easily pick? worst person in the world for me. Okay, I would actually pick Licorice Pizza, but I don't. I don't disagree that I, I love worst person in the world as well, almost just as equally. Um, as our top ten list kind of played out that way. Um, best supporting actress. Uh, this is a quick one. Ariana DeBose and West Side Story is. Minus 2000. She's won every major precursor and she might actually be the right pick. Um, Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog is plus 750. Anjanu Ellis uh, in King Richard is 20 to 1. Judy Dench is 25 to 1 for Belfast. And Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter is 33 to 1. Uh, Ariana, Ariana DeVos is going to win. Are we in agreement that Jesse Buckley would be our pick if we were to pick someone from this category? I would barely go Buckley over DeBose. Okay. Um, I, I, I'll say I meant to watch 20 minutes of West Side Story yesterday before putting Astro bed and accidentally watched two and a half hours of it. <laughs> um, okay. It really, it's really good. It's really, really good. And she's fantastic in it. And just the, the everything about the America sequence is, is so dynamite. And obviously she's just pure movie star in, in those moments. So I think DeBose is a, is a proper winner. Of this award. Okay. Now, listen, according to Vegas, we've got a, a close one. Um, oh, I think this is more of a race than you do, evidently. Okay. Troy Kotzer for Coda is minus 450. Cody Smith McPhee for The Power of the Dog at plus 280. Then Kieran Hines is 20 to 1. Jesse Plemons is 33 to 1. J.K. Simmons is 33 to 1. Um, so JK Simmons should win this award, right? For just playing an old guy in on the set of uh I Love Lucy. Yes, for um, his eleven minutes in that movie. Exactly. Uh so okay, make the case that this is that Cody Smith McPhee is gonna could win this and might win this. 
I can't make the case because the the Troy Kotzer win is the single Oscar acting win I've felt most passionate about in the last 10 years easily. I've, I've written about it ex- extensively, actually, um, on how much this performance means to me and how I think the scene where he, and I, I don't think this is a movie you can spoil, but there's a scene where he sits with his daughter in the back of the pickup truck. And if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't seen the movie, well, when you get to that scene, get ready for something. Uh, is I just think it's the best, the best moment of acting last year. I think it's incredible. I think that he never goes too far. I think he never goes too big when there are places the role could. I think he's so funny. I adore the Troy Kotzer performance and I desperately hope it wins. I'm picking it. I think it will win. The reason to pick Cody Smith McPhee is that he essentially dominated the precursors until just recently when everything shifted towards Kotzer. And there's some reason to believe that the Academy voters feel very strongly about the actors in Power of the Dog because it got four acting nominations. And mm-hmm. the Jesse Plemons one was a significant surprise. So uh, there's real significant support there with all the actors they've added. And look, a lot of the actors they've added are, are European. And it's clear that Campion and her filmmaking style appeals more to the European voters in in the group. I think there's a chance that Cody Smith McPhee wins. And I think that if we looked at these odds, you know, six weeks ago, I think that Cody Smith McPhee may well have been the favorite. So I I think it's discount him at your peril here. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's I don't think it's it like Ariana DeBose is a lock. Troy Kotzer's not a stone cold lock. I mean look the odds reflect that. So there's something to it. I just look, push back on Coda, the movie winning best picture all you want. I don't, I don't think him, like he's, he's given all the correct speeches, you know, yeah, like that I think it. is, that I think is the bigger takeaway. The video of him when he got nominated, <laughs> like if there's one thing that you want to reward Coda for, it's this, it maybe even more so than screenplay and more so than best picture. It's this. And like the, the, moment that you're going to create by this happening i i lean more toward that than than anything else so yeah i'll go troy troy coster as as best supporting actor i'll i'll ride the wave and look i i really do think this is just a a general not pushback of power of the dog but a a an excitement and a passion for a couple things in this oscars and this specifically this award is one of them the, the Kotzer performance reminds me a little bit of when Falling Slowly won mm-hmm. for once, where there was such a passionate base of people that they essentially forced it on everyone until they realized, oh, shit, this really is great and should win. And it feels like the same sort of thing is happening with Kotzer, where just like with actually once premiered at Sundance, like Coda, it, it took the nerds like me who saw it day one and said, holy shit, this is this is good. And this is the thing about it. If you're going to pick one thing to reward. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm picking Kotzer. I adore this performance. It is my, my overall number one favorite performance of the year. So uh, I'm, I'm all in on Kotzer. I just think there's a chance for, for Smith McPhee. Okay. Um, Well, we're at the point where neither of us have picked an award to be won by power of the dog yet. So let's go to director. 
Shane Campion currently in the lead for Power of the Dog at minus 5,000. Steven Spielberg at 14 to 1. Kenneth Branagh at 16 to 1. Raisuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car at 25 to 1. And Paul Thomas Anderson and Licorice Pizza at 33 to 1. I should say Steven Spielberg's for West Side Story and Kenneth Branagh was for Belfast. These are overwhelming odds. And it's just, it's not common for a movie to win just director. And even like just director and just best picture. She also kind of stepped in it a couple of weeks ago at the, what was it? The critics choice awards. And she's apologized and she clarified, like she didn't, she tried to make a joke and it went the wrong way. But speaking at the critics choice awards, she saw Venus and Serena in the crowd and said, you guys are great, but I had to compete against the guys. And basically I, I got what she was going for. You just still don't say that, especially to two black women that rose to the peak of their sports through a, a adversity that shouldn't be discounted. Uh, I don't think it's enough of a fumble to affect the type of upset that this would have to be. What do you think? I think that she also had the positive moment, which was the calling Sam Elliott a B-I-T-C-H, mm-hmm. which was hilarious and played extremely strong. I, I kind of think they balance out a little bit in terms of her perception. I, I'll say that director is is a strange field. There have been a number of splits lately. Quaron split on Roma, Chazelle split on La La Land. Um did Revenant win Best Picture? Revenant didn't no. win Best Picture. In Spotlight two. won. So in your yeah. E2 won. Yeah. Uh, Gravity for Quarone mm-hmm. didn't win. Ang Lee for Life of Pi. There's been a lot lately um, where you get a split. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get a split this year. I, I certainly am not picking against Campion. I think Campion's going to win. I think the narrative is behind Campion to win. I think having the third female filmmaker to win Best Director is important. I think the Campion has had a you know, long storied career and has somehow been like siloed off into not even like prestige television, but like art house television, like with top of the lake recently, which is just not, um, it, it, it's a bummer. Um, I will say the odds are a little weird because I don't think Branagh should be the three seed. I think Branagh should be the five seed by a ton. <laughs> and I think Spielberg might've done the best directing this year. But I think Hamaguchi is is something crazy were going to happen. I think Hamaguchi is where something crazy would happen. I think most of the people who support Spielberg are kind of like me and are totally fine with Campion winning. There's a real passion behind Hamaguchi here, but it's still going to be Campion. I, the stats, and look, we've talked about this already, that the stats don't don't match up the well as well as they used to. There is a lot of splits across yeah. the board lately. Um she won she won Golden Globe, um DGA, the Directors Guild, BAFTA, like every single major precursor. And I think the only person to do that and lose recently, only two to do that recently are Ben Affleck for Argo, which he wasn't even nominated for. Um and then Two years. So here's here's the thing. Two years ago, Sam Mendes was had the same run and then lost to Bong Joon Ho. Now the difference here is the director of Coda is not nominated, so it'd be tough for me to see that type of upset happen. I'll go Campion, but 
especially since it would be again that she comes in second place to Spielberg. The last time she was nominated for Best Director was in 93. Schindler's, when yeah. she, Schindler's List won and she had directed The Piano. So like, I, I can't see them doing that to her again. She's going to win. She may even like have a moment on stage where she calls out Sam Elliott again, clarifies the Venus and Serena from the Oscar stage. Uh, I'll go Jane Campion here as well. So let's start the, the big one out first. Um, the Hopefully the easy one, although the odds are terrifying. Um, best actor. So Will Smith for King Richard, a, 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 a win that would be near and dear to my heart. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog, is a plus 500. Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, plus 1,400. Denzel Washington, Tragedy Macbeth, 50 to 1. Javier Bardem being the Ricardos, 50 to 1. Javier Bardem should be a million to 1. Yeah. Um, help me out. Am I getting, should I be afraid that this could happen? Are they going to not give Will Smith an Oscar on Sunday? I think that Will Smith is going to win the Oscar. Okay. I'm picking Will Smith. I think he's been the favorite all season. I think he's done a sufficient campaign to win this award. I, I think there are two scenarios where he loses. Really okay. only one. I think there's a weirdo scenario where Garfield could have gotten momentum. It just hasn't really happened. Um, I, I just don't think it's going to happen for, for Garfield, even though I think he campaigned pretty hard. He's still been doing Q and A's like in the last week or so. Mm -hmm. The doomsday scenario for Will Smith is that the Oscar electorate is rock solid for power of the dog and power of the dog is leaving with like seven or eight wins. Mm -hmm. And Cody Smith McPhee knocks off usually best supporting actors, the first award. So we're going to know early. And if Cody Smith McPhee knocks off Kotzer, and then we start to see like power of the dog in cinematography or even production design. So the score, some of the places where it could win, but it isn't very likely, man, you should be nervous about will. Cause that that's where Cumberbatch is carried around. is carried along by a big, big wave of, of dog support. I'm picking I'm picking Smith, but there's a a universe where I'm dead wrong about my coda momentum and I'm just letting like the starry eyes of my love for that movie corrupt me and power of the dog comes in and just dominates. On nomination day, we we talked man, about it and said, it, Oh my god, power of the dog is now the the absolute favorite. Mm -hmm. We but, looked at the we looked at the Plemons nomination and we're like, game over. This thing yeah. is done. But we did say some of these awards have to get handed out before mm -hmm. it's like the extra point is good, right? You know, like they were at the five yard line with, you know, uh, uh, the right play to draw it up, and Coda just ran it back. Um, so I think enough people want to see Will Smith win an Oscar, and this isn't. This also, and tell me if you feel this way. This isn't like last year where there was so clearly like the best performance from like a great auteur was staring at you. And it was like a sentimental pick. Like, I don't think Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was Chadwick Boseman's best career performance or even most notable career performance. I think it was his last. And we wanted to see a moment where his widow gave an acceptance speech when then Hopkins came along with, what you and I consider one of his two best, if not the best performance of his career. And it created 
a, a lot of Academy voters with a narrative of, I think Bozeman's going to win, but I'm voting for Hopkins because that's objectively the best one. And I don't feel that momentum here. I don't see like the blown away. Like I love Garfield and Tick, Tick, Boom. I don't think enough people love it the way you and I do. The same thing goes for Cumberbatch where it's like, this is good. This is like really great work. I don't think it's so over the top in your face. Like this is clearly better than what Will Smith is doing that, that it can, it can be a snub. I think Will Smith, this is going to be his last chance, similar to Brana to win an Oscar. And I think, what does he have I don't, more in him? You think? I don't agree with that at all. It, the, uh, the Apple movie he's doing with Fuqua, the slavery movie has mm-hmm. massive, oh, massive so buzz. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we're talking about Will going two for two a year from now. I guess this is me going off the history of Will Smith movies. Like there has been a lot of history of him being like, I'm going for an Oscar here. Usually, it, you know, but he's like, done it every couple of years. I mean, it's not, it's not like this is his first nomination and his only shot. This isn't like Stallone where it's someone who yeah. largely sucks and then gets in with the thing that has some sort of almost like fan element of, Oh my God, he needs to get it now. Cause he's never going to have another shot. Will has gotten in a bunch of times. He got in for pursuit of happiness. He got in for Ali. I mean, there there's, there's a history here, but that's it. Like we're talking a 30 something year career and he's got three and a guy that like does movies too. That's my point is that this is the first time it, he's been at the Oscars since pursuit of happiness. It's a 30 year career, but how many years of that career were spent doing serious work? I think he you're goes not, for you're not getting Oscar nominations than, for bad boys too. No, but you're going to try to go get Oscar nominations for working with Ang Lee in yeah, and he, Gemini Man or Gemini Concussion Man is not or, an Oscar movie. Concussion, I'm, sure. But you're getting, look, he's getting, he's, he's batting like 50% on award bait movies and getting a nomination. Like I he didn't he, get in for Concussion, but what other, what other like award bait things has he done that he didn't get in for? I think, I think he goes for it more than. I think he goes for it more than I'm remembering. At least I'm, I'm trying to. I, I literally, of, I'm looking at his filmography right now, and I, mm-hmm. I, I, unless you're going to count like, I, I, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying movies I, that I'm, like. I'm lost. He, we got uh, serious movies. Legend of Bagger Vance. That is a, a, a play for award stuff. Didn't take, but the next year he got in for Ali. Mm-hmm. We have. I'm going through. We have Pursuit of Happiness in 2006. Got in. He has. We had got a whiff then in Seven Pounds the next year, mm-hmm. and everything else that he's done until Collateral Beauty in 2016, which is an absolute dog of a movie. Collateral Beauty and Concussion. So uh, let's count those both as serious contenders. He's getting. He's getting in 33% of the time before we even get to King Richard. He's three for seven on quote unquote serious performances in his career, getting an Oscar nomination. That is as good a rate of return. That is like a Daniel Day Lewis level rate of return on going for it with an Oscar. Hmm. I, I I hesitate. I just to put he's gonna he, if he Lewis doesn't. And I, I know it's, it's laughable to put them in the same sentence, but it, he gets just, in when he goes for it. People love him. Yeah, and I'm saying that I think. Listen, I think he's going to win. Don't get me wrong. I think wrong. he's going to win. And I think I am saying that. Especially I just think the idea that it's his only chance is, is. Especially looking at the run he's been on. We're talking about a guy that doesn't make a lot of good movies. Okay. That's more what I'm trying to say here. It's not a knock on like his acting ability. You know what I feel about 
Will Smith's acting ability. It would shock me if Will Smith in back-to-back years, even if he doesn't go for it, is nominated for an Oscar. I'm just saying, Emancipation has has massive bucks. And if it does, you know, I'll be at the front of the parade here. I am saying Will Smith's filmography does not reflect. Even, listen, whether sure, but we, he we, goes but this, for it or not. It's different because we know. We know what the next project is. We know what the pedigree of the next project is. We know what he's going for in the next project. And we know that he's been willing to make a political statement about moving the filming of that movie out of Georgia. So that I didn't know. So, so he's gone big on this movie. He and Fuqua together and look, Fuqua got Denzel an Oscar. Like he, he can get, mm, yeah. he can get someone to the right place. I know we don't necessarily think of Fuqua as a prestige director, but in the right project, he can create the right sort of star vehicle. And if he gets it next year, I'll be right along. And it's just, it's I'm, just, He's doing more serious. He's doing more serious stuff lately. I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, he's going to go do like Bright Two or something embarrassing yeah, like, like that in the next is, couple of like years. A year and a half removed from Bad Boys for Life and Aladdin months earlier. Like, this is a guy that also considers blockbusters and paychecks. And King Richard, when Bad Boys for Life came out, there was a big conversation about, all right, that's going to be him going for the Oscar. We'll see what happens. And this is the culmination of all of that, which lets me wonder if now listen, emancipation may also be a chance for him to go back to back, but th- there is a path and a narrative of we're finally going to give Will Smith an Oscar. Yeah. Like he has I, so many duds that I'm trying to, to communicate here. I totally agree that there's a path and a, and a narrative that he's built out. I mean, he built this out meticulously with the profile and the autobiography and everything else uh, that this is the time that he's going for an award. Like, totally agree with that i'm just saying i i don't i don't think this is the only time to give will smith an award i think will smith will be back whether he wins this year or not and whether it's back next year or 10 years from now will smith's going to be back i'm not i'm not at all sure kenneth brownow is going to be back well the kenneth brownow thing of it all is is yeah it's different um i don't know i guess i just i don't think oscar guy when i think will smith this isn't a leo thing where it's like he's gonna get nominated again after after Revenant, but we're finally going to nominate him for work. He should have been nominated and won for this is, this is a guy that I think is like a movie star that has done great work before. And this is one we're going to, this is the year Will Smith won the Oscar. I don't, you know, I I don't know. It just, I I I think because of his unsuccess rate is why I'm putting him in the category of this. We better give one to him now because we have no idea if the Academy is going to give him one. Again. Yeah. We just, we just disagree on his, on his success rate. I will say that the narrative that you're concerned about or the, the, or the narrative of like, he'll get it eventually. I think that really attaches to Cumberbatch. Garfield's a little on the outside of it. He does a lot of weirder stuff. Cumberbatch feels like one of those guys who 10 years from now is going to have like seven nominations and no wins. And it's going to be all of a sudden it's time for Benedict to finally get his Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just kind of an easy guy to keep slotting into that like fifth spot in nominations when he keeps doing solid work. I mean, I, I thought the um, electrical life of what is it? Louis Drax or whatever the hell it's called. Didn't see the it. Amazon movie. Um, he's really good in that. And in a, in a different world where power of the dog wasn't there for the campaign energy, I wouldn't be stunned if he were, if he were floating around the fifth spot for that movie. So I, I, I think he's gotten better lately. I think Dr. Strange helps his profile. I think he's going to, but he's an easy one to say, eh, we'll get him down the line. Best actress, uh, Jessica Chastain, the eyes of Tammy Faye is minus 200. Nicole Kidman at beating the Ricardos is a plus 
plus 350. Olivia Coleman and Kristen Stewart for The Lost Daughter and Spencer are both at plus 700. And then a distant fifth, although Oz is probably about to argue that it shouldn't be a distant fifth. Uh, Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers at 25 to 1. Where are you leaning? I want you to know that when you sent me these odds, I took out my cell phone and I placed a $100 bet on Penelope Cruz really? to, uh, to win the Oscar. Uh, when I walked out of Parallel Mothers and I started at the New York Film Festival back in, I don't know, September, uh, the first thing I did was text a few buddies and say, I think we just found our Oscar winner because it is a perfect Oscar role in a great number of ways. Now, I don't think any normal people have seen this movie. And I think that's part of what's reflected in the Vegas odds because the casual gamblers are not betting on this movie that they've never seen, never heard of, had no real release here to speak of. But Oscar voters are seeing this movie and Oscar voters, it's it's been playing the same like theaters where Oscar voters go to for like three straight months now. And I think that everyone loves Penelope Cruz. I think it is by a comfortable margin, the best work of all of these nominees. It is a complex, nuanced performance of a character who really, really goes through it. Um, I just, I, I, I think that this is a role that is going to win. I don't think there's any passion for Chastain and Tammy Faye. I, I personally didn't care for the movie. I thought she was fine in it. And I think a lot of people are of a mind of, we like her. Like she's done a lot of good work. She wins here. That that that's fine. But like that has no passion. It's clear people are not responding well to Spencer. I thought Spencer was great, and I thought Kristen Stewart was great in it. But it's clear that a lot of people are not having the same view of that movie. Uh, Olivia Coleman just won. It's hard to imagine her going back to back, especially same for a movie. spirit though. Same spirit, but um, I just struggle to imagine her not quite back to back, but what two years, three years apart, and. Nicole Kidman is bad in being the Ricardos. And I just can't, I just can't, I can't wrap my mind around that one. Um, I, I think Chastain Coleman and Cruz is the real race here. And I'm picking the Penelope Cruz upset. And if you, they're bad and I shouldn't pay attention to them, but all of those like anonymous voter things that come out like the week before the Oscars, so many of them are man. Penelope Cruz was so good and it's just the best performance. So I had to vote for her. They sound an awful lot like the ones that came out about Anthony Hopkins yeah, last, father year. last year. So I, I went Cruz here. I'm happy to go Cruz here. I hope that she wins. It would be a correct win though. I love Jessica Chastain. So if she wins, it's not going to be the worst thing. Um, so I too have seen the Oscar voters that have talked about, um, Talked about the Penelope Cruz performance in the same way you have. I haven't. I just flat out haven't seen enough of a wave that you have or, or the motivation behind it that this is a movie being seen by Oscar voters. Uh, this would also be. Oh, no. Minari last year. Um, but like the first lead actress in a foreign film win in a long time. Right. I think the best evidence is that she got nominated at yeah, all. I know. And that people are seeing it, especially because it didn't even get in for foreign film. Like mm -hmm. people are seeing it and coming away from it going, holy shit, Penelope Cruz is really good in this movie. Now I think far more of the movie. I think it's better than most of the best picture nominees or many of the best picture nominees. But um 
I I think the fact that she's in means that a huge portion of the actors have seen it. And I think that we are understating the reverence that people have for just how good she is. Um, the fact that it didn't get nominated, though, is also giving me pause that there's no like the, it didn't. She's in a movie that didn't even get nominated. So as a result, how much of a push is there? Actually, I so, think that that's true of every one of these nominees. Is it really? Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, there are the a couple, I mean, they all have a couple of, you know, are in like one or two other categories. But across the board, these are not movies that are eliciting passion. And that always happens with Best Actress because the way movies are marketed. I think the fact that even foreign film didn't garner a nomination where the category is even smaller. Um, so I'm not, I don't have the stones you do for, for it did Penelope get score Cruz. though, which is but, a weird, a weird one, but it got score. That's, I, that's something. I actually think this is a three person race between all of the odds would reflect four. Um, the Olivia Coleman win for me would just be that they like to give Olivia Coleman an award. It's also, it's also like a really good performance as well, even though the Buckley performance in the movie is better. I think it's, it's those are the two, two that stood out to me the most. Um, the Kidman, the only thing I think that Kidman could win for is that she won Golden Globe. And if you still think that is a, is a precursor that matters, then there is a stat that would lead to that. Um, I don't think a lot of people like that movie they like the actors in it which is why they nominated the actors that they did even though the one that I actually thought gave the best of the four was the Ethel character <laughs> performance and she didn't even get nominated so it comes down to Kristen Stewart who was like the runaway favorite for the longest time until we started going to the guilds and going to the award she was minus 2000 in October and now she is plus two plus 700 one, so, one might argue she was the runaway favorite before anyone saw the movie. Fair, but I'm going by what the I'm going by the betting odds. She was a very heavy favorite, and then we actually started to go to the guilds, and then she got the snug, oh, snug the snub at a uh, the snub at uh, uh, the SAG Awards, and it's what made people kind of go away from her winning. Um, there was a world where we didn't think she didn't get nominated on nomination yeah, she morning. She didn't get a BAFTA nomination. So the it's her time thing for Jessica Chastain. I think this is her third nomination. So if it's not her third, it's her second. But there's enough the help in Zero Dark Thirty. At least. Yeah. So there's the there's there's like you've done your time in the Academy that. There's a thought that she could win. She's also given two really good acceptance speeches. Um, so I lean toward that as where I'll go for this and just be safe and say that she'll win. So, I'll, yeah, I'll go Jessica Chastain um, and hopefully you win some money on Oscar night. Um, so Jessica Chastain uh, at minus 200 will be my pick, which brings us to best picture. I'll just I'm not reading odds because there's really only three that matter. Um, Power of the Dog, Coda. Belfast, West Side Story, King Richard, Dune, Licorice Pizza, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Nightmare Alley. Uh, the only ones with better than plus 1,400 odds are Power of the Dog at minus 155 and Coda at plus 130. I think we've spoiled it a bit that we're going to go with... We're both going with Coda here. I'm going with Coda. I'm happy to go with Coda. I think the momentum is there. The intangible passion. I think even even the biggest power of the dog supporters are, aren't 
no one's like, this is my favorite movie I've ever seen. No one's like, this is the movie that, you know, moved me the most. Frankly, I think a lot of the power of the dog supporters are people like me who might actually like drive my car better, but don't think it can win or might actually like worst person in the world or something like that better. And it's not in the, it's not in the best picture race. So I, I think that power of the dog is a, a worthy winner. If it happens, I think it's an excellent film. I think that um, it, it stands up far better on rewatches. I think the nuances come through. I just think the, I, I just don't feel the passion. I just don't feel the love. I don't, I don't feel like anyone is going to, you know, weep tears of joy over power of the dog winning. And I think an awful lot of people are going to feel an awful lot of joy if, and when Coda wins this thing. And I think that matters. I think there's still the fuck you Netflix element of it all. Mm. You know, Coda may be an Apple movie, but it's not an Apple production. It was an independent production made for like $8 million. And then Apple bought it out of Sundance because, you know, Coda won the game. Like they made a good movie and got someone to invest a ton of money to put them up on their streaming platform. Power of the Dog is a Netflix original made, you know, smaller budget, but much the same way as the Irishman. Um, People have a a real bone to pick with Netflix and it, it just hasn't gone away. Frankly, you still you still see it. it it's still happening where um, they wanted to premiere Blonde um, at Cannes and it fell apart because they're honoring the French rules about how long movies have to play in theaters before they could be on a streaming service. There's just this built in hatred for Netflix that's still there. And I I I think there's enough negative factors and enough positive momentum for Coda that Coda is going to take it. The Netflix, I mean, that's what was blowing my mind about nomination morning that a Netflix film, this is their second best chance after like they, they were the runner up when it came to Roma. And then the next year they went for it with marriage story and then with the Irishman and the Irishman goes over 10. Um, last year there was, I, I don't even know if it was manufactured, but there was buzz the trial of Chicago seven could upset. And then here we are again. And I almost wonder if like we've all built up in our head that the power of the dog is like, is like weak and like has a weakness in them that could be, could be dethroned. You know, Um, I don't, I'm with you on the fact that the preferential ballot of it all and the, the PGA win, which is the only other guild that does a preferential ballot and then like Coda one. And if you you're asking me what film is going to finish one, two or three on as many voters lists, it's not going to be power of the dog. It's going to get a lot of ones, but it's also going to get a lot of sevens, eights, nines, and even tens. Yeah. We know what Sam Elliott's going to do with his ballot. Right. So Coda, I don't see a person unless it's out of spite, putting it any lower than like five or six. So yeah, I'll predict Coda for the upset win and it'll be my next best picture winner prediction. Totally agree. I think that's smart to, to bring up the preferential ballot. It seems like even the relative haters of Coda still have it like sixth or seventh on their preferential ballot, which obviously isn't great, but that's the people who hate it. The people who are like most vocally, this is a Hallmark movie type thing, which is crazy. But the people yeah. who are who are coming at it from that angle also hate Don't Look Up a lot more or hate Dune a lot more or hate King Richard in particular a lot more. Uh, so I think that I think we're we're in the right place on Coda. 
I didn't ask this, but who should win for best picture of the 10 that are there? <laughs> if you had a ballot, you, you see number one. You see me hesitate for a moment. I, I put Coda at number three for the year for me. I mm-hmm. I see no reason to back off that now. I'm I'm putting Coda as my my number one on the preferential ballot. Ligurus Pizza would be my one, but Coda would be my two. And then I have since seen Drive My Car, and I think that would be my number three on, yes. on a list. Um that movie fucking rough. Jeez. Um best director who would win for you. Uh, actually Spielberg would win for me, especially having rewatched it yesterday. I, I'm blown away. I think I was, it's Spielberg before six hours ago, before we started recording, um, tonight, uh, Rosina and I started watching it because she hadn't seen it yet. And I was like, yeah, he really is. He really did do this. Like, this is something yeah. that just came and went and nobody saw it. And then it, it had to go to streaming before people were like, Hey, did you guys see that Spielberg did a movie? And it was really good. Um, so either him or you were hinting at it with, with Hamaguchi, although I still think I'd go Paul Thomas Anderson with, um, with Ligger's pizza would be my pick. And then actor, the heart says Smith, the head says Garfield would be my pick. Heart and, was, head, heart and head or Garfield for me. Okay. Um, and then actress, who would you pick? You would pick Cruz. Penelope Cruz. I would go Olivia Coleman. So. Coleman would be my my second choice, and Stewart right. would be my third. I, I mean, those are I think those are three excellent excellent performances. The, okay. the the women's field is so good this year. There's so many like Alana Haim didn't get in, Renata mm-hmm. Rensby didn't get in. Like the best actress field is as as good a year as I can remember. Last question before we get out of here: uh, Over under ten million people watch the Oscars. What was the number last year? Nine, eight. Are we counting like online streaming alternative stuff? Sure. Then yes, I think it gets, I think it does more than, uh, you're basically asking, does it do more than last year? And I think that counting people who watch it online to the extent there are online available components, I do think it gets there. I do not think the over the air conventional measurements are going to be very strong this year. Does fact, it get feel, to 15? No, no way. Okay. Well, so between I, I, 10 it's, and 15. Hard, it's hard to define what internet viewership is, but on conventional viewership, not a chance in hell. And then add in, so add in the internet viewership. Will 10, will 15 million people tune in in some way to watch the Oscars? I haven't paid enough attention to what they're doing. I don't think they're like live streaming it on YouTube or they're Hulu not. or something like that. They're if they're, they've if actually they're not, made it difficult to stream it. They're not on the ABC app. They're not even. Oh, they're not. You know, I take yeah. it back. I, I'm actually going to take the under on last year. And oh, I, wow. I don't think anybody cares. I, yeah. I, I do not get the sense that normal people care at all about this Oscar race and look, the, the biggest movies in here are Dune, which made like $170 million domestically. And, you know, is like a saintly body for film Twitter and no one else gives a shit. And like King Richard and West side story, which made no money at all. It's just. The other one would be don't look up, which I mean, yeah, people we, enjoyed watching it, but it was like, Oh, that's, that's a, the Leo movie on Netflix about the comet, you know? And plenty of people hated that movie. Mm-hmm. So there just there isn't, and maybe there never will be again. But there isn't a a like Return of the King, like Universal Champion sort of movie that everybody is on board with. This is a great movie, and I hope it wins. And and I maybe we just can't get back there again. Yeah, I think 
Look, full disclosure for those of you that are crossover listeners of the Nick's Film School podcast, the reason we didn't do what we what John normally does when he has Azanyash on and like, hey, let's pick a movie and apply it to a current Nick. It's because nobody's seen any of these movies. Yeah. And I said we should switch it up into a basketball movie bracket with movies that people have seen. And I think that was significantly more successful. And we'll we'll make this the Oscar themed episode in that, you know, we'd rather we'll mention that the Oscars are Sunday, but I'm not going to ask you to compare a current Nick to drive my car. Um, although it's probably Julius Randall. Um, that being said, I'm going to look forward to the Oscars on Sunday. I hope you guys are all looking forward to it too. Thank you for tuning in to our Oscar prediction show. Uh, you, the- you missed an easy one there. It's, it's definitely don't look up for Julius Randall, especially in the, ISO. Oh gosh, that's actually, that's actually pretty perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So don't look up is okay. So then is Derek Rose drive my car? Maybe. I, I don't know. Jer- I'm not sure Derek Rose has played three hours this season at the at least right, the way but, feels these days. But so. he also, I don't know, the grief of this season that <laughs> exists because Derek Rose hasn't been around. That makes you know. Derek Rose Bronco Henry. So, oh, okay. all right. We're already going off the rails. With this. Oz, what would you like to plug before we get out of here? Come to the adventure dreams.com. And I'm happy to announce that we're, finalizing our plans for a big revamp of the site aesthetically. I just today looked over uh, the mock-ups. It looks really great. I'm very excited about it. And that should be up hopefully by the end of March. Worst case, it, it bleeds into the first week or so of April for our, our big revamp. So come to the invention of dreams.com. Follow me on Twitter at Oz on movies and follow the invention of dreams at invent of dreams on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew J. Claudio underscore. Um, follow our pod at Final Review Pod. And, you know, all the, the plugs that we usually ask you to do. Thank you, as always, for listening. And tune in next time for another Final Review. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast.